Hello, you are listening to Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, a weekly radio program that spotlights positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization throughout Philadelphia. I'm your host, Derek Hengemill. Jumpstart Philly is a unique community development program that trains, mentors, networks, and provides funding to aspiring real estate developers in seven different Philadelphia neighborhoods, including Germantown, where the program was founded. Jumpstart believes that you can do well by doing good and focuses on removing neighborhood blight, scattered site rehab, creating a healthy mix of affordable and market rate housing, and avoiding gentrification through slow, steady growth and keeping wealth local. Interviews are conducted during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series on Monday nights at 7 p.m., held via Zoom webinar. For more information about these events, check out the events page at jumpstartgermantown.com. This week's show is a bit different than usual. You'll be hearing a pre-recorded Q&A session with Brett Madsen, who is the founder of Permit Philly, a full-service firm dedicated to helping property owners get their Philadelphia permits for building and zoning as quickly and as simply as possible. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and be sure to check out the podcast version of this program at jumpstartgermantown.com slash media. Brett founded Permit Philly after working as the operations coordinator for a zoning law office. Back when he started there, he was brand new to Philly, had never worked in real estate before, and hadn't ever seen a zoning permit. But as a curious person up for a challenge, he studied the zoning process in Philadelphia, then the regulations surrounding construction permits then the rules for food licenses, and then signs. Now a licensed expediter with years of experience in the city of Philadelphia's permits, he has the expertise and war stories to help you through your permit problems. Uh, Tonight I'm just going to talk a little bit about the permit process. I'm sure a lot of you already know more or less how things work, so I apologize if I'm going over anything you already know. I'm gonna keep it pretty brief just to give you an overview. And then we're going to take questions after about 15 minutes of me going on about how the the whole thing operates. So first, I'd like to talk about how the system as a whole works, uh, how the procedures happen. Um, And then I want to talk about what's changed since March when the city went online. So broadly speaking, there are two buckets of permits in the city. Uh, For all the different types of things you need, there are really two... uh, two tunnels that they have to pass through all your projects before they get final approval. They're either zoning projects or they're building projects. Now, a lot of building projects need zoning. Uh, A lot of uh, zoning permits have other components to them, but those are basically the two buckets because they are the two ways that you apply. Uh, You might apply for a use permit. That's a type of zoning permit. The, the, The application procedure is the same. Uh, You might apply for a certificate of occupancy. You're basically going through the same process as for a building permit, even though a certificate of occupancy is a simpler type of permit. So try to keep that in mind when you think about how the whole thing operates. Uh, Zoning permits, that bucket is use permits and zoning permits proper. So a use permit is whenever you wanna use a property in a certain way, it's pretty self-explanatory. I have this space. It's an empty space on the first floor of a row home. I want to use it as a nail salon. You have to uh, get a use permit for that. Now you want to change it. Now you want a coffee shop. You got to get a use permit to change it from the nail salon to a coffee shop. The zoning code in Philadelphia, this is a bit of a, there's a bit of a misunderstanding here. People think that 
the zoning follows the permit, it, it follows the parcel. So let's stick with the same example. There's a space at the bottom of a row home. That space is part of a parcel. The lot itself is probably some kind of commercial mixed use zoning. So what you'll do or what we'll do if you hire us to get these type of permits for you is we'll check the zoning code to make sure what you want to do in that space at the bottom, the coffee shop or the nail salon is the legal use. And if it is, then we'll go ahead and apply for the use permit. If it's not, it's another process you have to go through to get some changes. Let's put a pin in that for the moment. Uh, that's a use permit. A zoning permit is if you want to put a third story on that row home. There are two stories now. The first floor is that empty space that's going to be maybe a nail salon, maybe a coffee shop. Somebody buys the unit above and wants to put a third story on. Now you need a zoning permit. You're not changing the use. There's still a coffee shop on the first floor and an apartment on the second floor and the new third floor. But you're changing the shape of the building and the size of the building. So now you need a zoning permit. Um, as you can see, this process usually involves both types of permit uh, if you are building a new building entirely. Let's forget about the one we were talking about. There's, there's just an empty lot and you're building from the ground up. You need a zoning permit because there was nothing there and now you're changing it to be an entire building. And you also need a use permit to say this is how we're going to use this new building. Uh, the simplest example is you have a piece of property that is zoned for single family use, the parcel itself. It says, anytime you wanna build a single family home here, you're allowed to, you purchase it, you get your zoning permit. That also includes a use to build a single family home and you're good. Except that now you're done the zoning side. That's the first bucket. Now you need to actually construct this new single family home. And that's where you get, of course, a building permit along with the building permit or after that, you'll get mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire suppression permits, uh, trade permits or what they're called colloquially. Um, that's what we'll call them down city hall. That's what a lot of the contractors call them because I'm sure some of you are contractors. It's, it's trade work, right? So those are the, that's the building side. You need a building permit to get started. The building permit has to be approved before any of the trade permits. And the building permit can be anything from refitting a space to building an entirely new building. All right, so that's a lot of information, but those are the basically the two processes, the two types of permit you have. The zoning, which includes use, the building, which includes anything from renovations to a whole entire new construction, and usually along with or just after the building, the trading permits. So there's some other things that you run into. For instance, if you want a full demolition, you want to actually take down an entire building, that's a bit of a different process. It's more complicated. It requires specialized licenses, but it's somewhat similar to a building permit. It's just a, a little bit more paperwork is required. Um, there's, where do I wanna take this? Uh, there can be administrative permits as well. So if you want to, I mentioned a certificate of occupancy before. If you have a space that's, uh, where you're not doing any construction to it, but you are changing the use of it. And the type of use you're changing uh, requires it to be certified by a building code official. This is most changes. This surprises a lot of people, but then you need a certificate of occupancy with no construction. It's an administrative permit. They're not gonna 
the inspector isn't going to come by and tear up the walls to make sure that you did your piping correctly, but you still need to have a building inspector come out and make sure that it matches the plans that you submitted to the city. So all these different types of things, it's best to think of them as zoning and building with some strange permits on the side. Uh, one of the things that often comes up, especially for uh, small to mid-level developers, is the variance process. Again, if you've had to suffer through it, I, I don't want to make you relive the trauma, but just quickly, for those of you who don't know what's, what that is, uh, if you want to use your building, getting back to the use side, there's only a use side, for something that's not allowed by the type of parcel that it's in, then you need to go before the zoning board. This is an easy process. It takes 10 to 15 minutes. It's everyone loves it. No, it's, uh, it's about four to six months. Um, you need approval from a neighborhood board, which if any of you serve on neighborhood boards um, can be a good thing, but it does take a long time for the developer. So neighborhood boards usually like it. Developers usually don't like it. That's the way it goes. Um, because there's been so much development so fast, neighborhood boards are often uh, skeptical of zoning permits that come through to use a parcel in a way that it's not allowed to. Uh, but it's whether you like it or not, that's the process you have to go through. So let's back that up a little bit. You're applying for this use. It's not allowed according to the zoning code. All right, so let's go back to our coffee shop. This time you're gonna put a coffee shop in the first floor of this row home, but it's just a regular old row home. It doesn't have that special commercial zoning. The parcel is just for a row home, a single family home. Well, now you need to apply for a zoning permit, a, a use permit to change that first floor to a coffee shop. This is going to get rejected by the city. You will wait for the rejection and then you will appeal the rejection. The appeal will be processed, basically just sits in a long line until it gets to the person who scans it in, takes notes, assigns it a number. Uh, and then when it's your turn, they will tell you which neighborhood group that you're going to meet with. You'll then go meet with the neighborhood group or the neighborhood board. Uh, after that, you'll meet with the zoning board. If you get approval from the neighborhood group, the zoning board will most likely approve the project. If you don't get approval from the neighborhood group, the zoning board still can approve it, but it depends on what it is. If the neighbors really don't like the proposal you have, the zoning board will take that into consideration. And unless it's something really minor, they'll, they'll stop it. So it's always good to get approval from the neighbors. Once all of this is done, you get a piece of paper from the zoning board that says, yes, they can go ahead and get this use permit. You take it back to licenses and inspections, which is the main office that issues all these permits. And then they say, yes, you were right. You can do this. And now you can open your coffee shop. Um, we're pretty far in there, but I think that's, that's the, the overview. I want to quickly talk before I take questions about what's changed since March. Uh, so for several years now, the city has been planning to take this entire process that I just described online. Before that, it was all hard copies of plans, minimum size 18 by 24, that uh, somebody make would have to take under their arm from the printers to licenses inspections where you would wait in line and then you would file it with the city unless it needed some other special approval which is 
how I found myself uh, in January's for the last few years with uh, snow pelting my face, going to the water department on 11th and Market Street, and then walking from the water department with a bunch of plans down to licenses and inspections, passing licenses and inspections, going up to the streets department to get them to stamp the plans. Then I can take them down to licenses and inspections. Uh, the city finally decided this wasn't a good way of doing things because we have computers now. Um, so they decided to set up an online permitting system. It hasn't been a smooth process. They were supposed to start this, I think, in 2018. Uh, and they finally settled on a date of March 16th, 2020, after numerous delays, which happened to be the day that the city shut down under emergency order for COVID. So everything went online at the same time that you couldn't do any construction. Um, so I had uh, plenty of time to play around with it and figure out how it would work. Um, it is, it's been good and bad. The good is obvious. If you're applying for a permit now, you can do everything electronically. You, those uh, giant sets of plans, they can all be digital. You can throw them up on your monitor and look at them. Uh, they don't need to be printed out until the entire process is done and you take the finished complete approved plans to the job site. Uh, saves a lot of time for uh, the people working uh, to actually file the permits like myself, but people at contractors offices, lawyers offices, um, homeowners doing it themselves. You no longer have to create those giant sets of plans. You just submit PDFs online. Uh, that's the good part. The bad part is that the system that they used uh, is all in-house and it, meaning the city didn't buy something that already existed, like a software suite, like it didn't buy G Suite for cities or something. It, it wanted to create its own. And uh, it even, I think, hosts uh, the system on its own servers, meaning there's like room in city hall where they host the whole system. So it's slow. It's, uh, it, it doesn't look the way that you're used to permits looking like it doesn't look like TurboTax. It's, it's kind of hard to navigate. Um, there are a bunch of strange buttons that you, I just learned how to, uh, by doing permit after permit, I learned how to play with so that they would give me the answers that I needed, but it can be pretty daunting if you're just doing it one time. Um, so that's not great, especially for really, really small projects, um, which company like Permit Philly shouldn't be necessary for. Um, you should be able to get like uh, a, a new deck permit yourself. Uh, but sometimes people even come to us for that because the system's so complicated. Um, it's, it's also, it doesn't always link up the personal account to the record in the computer, um, especially if you've got it on paper. That might not, that might sound like gibberish. So an example that comes up all the time, um, I think I have like two or three of them this week, is a contractor, uh, a GC, will have uh, a license that they've had since 1997. And they've just been doing construction job after construction job. Their license is on paper. They get it renewed every year. They pay their taxes to the city. They're in good standing. And suddenly they, I can see them in the system, but I can't link them to the permit. Uh, for whatever reason, they sometimes, I don't even know exactly why it happens, but the, the new system doesn't always keep track of the existing people and plug them in properly. So you have to go back, get them like a new account, or if you know the right person to talk with and you annoy them the entire week, then they'll eventually fix it for you when they have some free time in their day, which is usually how it gets done. Um, 
So those, those are the issues. It's just really, really hard to get answers. It, uh, and the glitches can be really, really frustrating. Um, the upside is it's, it's probably faster now to get your permits than it was. Um, people used to give me a set of documents that I'd asked for to apply, and it would take me two days from then to actually go in and apply. The reason was I had to send this all to the printers. I had to go to the printers myself in person, collect all the documents, take them in and apply. Uh, often there were two or three other people who wanted a permit that same day. So I tried to plan it so that I could have the maximum number of allowable permit applications at the same time. Now we don't have to worry about that. Now, if you send us everything that we asked for and we have just an open slot in our day, we can apply that day. So it's faster on our side. Um, certain administrative things that the city has to do, they used to have to, uh, if they messed up on one of the plans, um, they would have to, you would, you would have to go get a copy of the plans from them, which was a long and tough process. Take it to a printer, copy it, take it back, uh, make several different copies, take it back so that they could stamp it by hand. They don't have to do that anymore. So a lot of people really hate the new online system. Um, and I know why, because I have to do it all day and it's very frustrating. But I think this is on the whole better. Um, yeah, I, I know that's cold comfort to some of the people who have had to wait on permits for weeks while their contractor license gets worked out, but I think it's on the whole bit. Uh, so those are the main changes. I know that's a lot. That's the whole process. That's the big changes since March. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of questions. So please enter your questions in the chat and I'll take them. So Brett, while we're waiting for some folks to uh, put in their questions, um, most of the, the, the people who are using Jumpstart Germantown and Jumpstart Philly loans are doing just sort of, um, I mean, I know there's nothing, no such thing as a basic renovation, but you know, usually kitchen That's and true. bathroom is involved and that sort of thing. Yeah. So with that sort of just a, a home renovation, what types of permits, generally speaking, would be required for that type of renovation? This is a great question. Um, sometimes you don't need a permit at all. If you're just doing new flooring and fixtures, uh, the big key is if you're not doing anything structural, so any low bearing part of the house, you don't touch. That includes the stairs. The stairs bear your weight when you go up and down. So you don't mess with stairwells, you don't mess with roof decks, um, you don't mess with decks really at all unless you're just painting them or um, uh, uh, treating them. Sorry, the word escaped me. Um, if you're just, say, uh, taking out a countertop and putting it back in, ripping up the floors, putting in new floors, uh, repainting, even some um, sheetrock, as long as it's just really thin and on the outside and you're not doing any reframing and you're not building any new partition walls, uh, you, can, you can do that without a permit. Um, there's an entire list in, it's, it's a little hard to find because it's in the Philadelphia Code. There's a long list of things that do not require a permit. And the top is ordinary repairs to um, keep in good maintenance. It's not an exact quote, but more or less that. Um, once you start crossing into uh, cutting through walls, uh, then you probably need what's called an easy permit. Cutting through walls, taking down non-low bearing walls or putting up uh, non-low bearing walls. Um, so now you're maybe uh, replacing the countertop 
but you're also uh, cutting out the island and putting it in a different place and redoing the cabinetry. And it's still relatively minor. You're not building a skyscraper, but you do need a permit for that. Um, and the type of permit they have doesn't require any plans. It's called an easy permit. Uh, this sounds great, but there are so many abuses of the easy permit program. There are so many people who would do structural work after getting an easy permit program or an easy permit that uh, the city decided that they needed proof that you were just doing the actual easy permit work. So there are two ways to get one. One, you can own the home and do the work. So you have to own the home in your own name. Um, so if Brett's uh, uh, Cool Renovation LLC, excellent company name, I'm going to keep that. Um, if, if that decides that it wants to uh, renovate a house it owns, that they can't get an easy permit unless they get an engineer's letter sealed. Uh, they used to let you submit plans. They don't let you do that anymore. It's just an engineer's letter sealed. The letter has to be from a Pennsylvania engineer too, not from you know your cousin out in Seattle. Uh, the Pennsylvania engineer has to say, there's no structural work. Uh, this is what they're doing. This is the whole scope of work. They're redoing the kitchen, the second floor bathroom. They're taking out some... Um, plumbing up here, It's this is the scope, and it has to say no structural work, no basement work. The reason for this is a lot of contractors have done work that was not authorized under permits and have collapsed houses. Um, one of the most famous recent examples being on the corner in Fishtown where um, somebody lost their home because uh, a contractor had dug underneath and compromised the foundation. So with an easy permit, unless you're truly just um, painting, you can't do anything in the basement. You can't make a bedroom unit in the basement. You can't even uh, tear out the drywall and put it back in. All of that will require plans to show that you're definitely not going to compromise your neighbor's foundation. For the easy permit, you gotta keep it first floor and above, no structural work and uh, yeah, first floor and above, no structural work, that's it. Um, again, it's a lot of information. If you're going to get one of these easy permits, you have to make sure uh, nothing in the basement, no structural work, and you need to either own it in your own name. So it would have to be Brett Madsen owns the house, or you'd have to get an engineer to write a letter describing what you're going to do and seal it. If you're just tuning in, this is a pre-recorded Q&A session with Brett Madsen who is the founder of Permit Philly, a full-service firm dedicated to helping property owners get their Philadelphia permits for building and zoning as quickly and as simply as possible. Thanks for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. I hope you're enjoying the discussion. Awesome. Uh, so we have a few questions that came in here. Um, someone wants to know on the Eclipse system, how much is it to submit for zoning and building permit now? It, it's the same as it used to be with a cash. Um, so it's for single family and two family stuff. Um, and that's the use, not the zoning. So uh, a single family application could be on a parcel that's zoned to allow skyscrapers, but maybe there's just a single family home there. That happens sometimes in Center City. Um, so if it's being used as a single family home uh, and you're making an application to keep it as a single family home or do some work on a single family home, then it's $25 for the application. 
uh, everything else is 100. And it's the same for zoning and building. $25 one or two family use, uh, any other use, $100. Um, but if you want to accelerate it, which means they more than double the speed they review it, uh, then you have to pay a lot more. For a trade permit, uh, your HVAC permit, you want to really speed up because you're behind schedule, it's $1,000, so $1,050. Um, for a building permit, it's $2,000. For a zoning permit, it's also $1,050. Uh, if you combine permits, which you can only do with a building permit, then you can do it under 2000. So for larger projects, that's definitely the way to go. If you've planned it out ahead enough that you can, that you have all the uh, information you need to apply for building and all the trade permits at once. So you're doing a renovation, it's going to require electrical and plumbing work. Um, uh, you can accelerate that along with the building permit. Um, the whole thing, all three permits for $2,000. That's probably a good deal. Other times for single family stuff, it's often not a good deal. It's pretty expensive. Great. Um, we do have a follow-up question on your previous answer. Um, someone wants to know, so French drain, some pump ins install requires a permit? Uh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, an easy, if it's, sorry, if it's uh, like in a single family home or in a small tenant space, you can do it without a plan set. So you don't have to submit plans to the city, but you do need to get a permit for that. And then we have quite a few questions here about, um, do you need a permit if you want to convert a one family into a two family unit? Yeah. And so this is where it can get complicated. If it's one family, and it's in a zoning district that only allows one family, then converting it to a two family has to start with getting the use registration. The, that's the, the first bucket, right? Um, and that might require a variance. So if it, these things are all based on what the underlying parcel is and what it's been used for last. So a lot of times people come to us and say, uh, we, we have a, uh, the seller told us that it was two family. It doesn't matter what the seller tells you, it matters uh, what it's actually zoned for and what it's been used for. And if you can prove that it's been used for that. So um, let's say you have a single family parcel. So the underlying zoning is just for one family, not even a duplex. Um, and you wanna make it a duplex. If it's already being used as a duplex and you can prove it, there's an old permit or there's an old rental license, uh, then you can keep using it as a duplex and you don't need a variance. Um, if it has been used as a single family and it's only zoned for single family, then you got to get a variance. So that's the first part. Um, the next part is, yeah, you're going to need a building permit as well. Um, this is where we cross over from the Philadelphia, the local Philadelphia codes into the uh, international codes, um, which Philadelphia adopts. So the building codes. Uh, they require you to have a certificate of occupancy for any change in occupancy. It's treated as if it's a um, pretty technical alteration. So if you're going from single family to duplex, um, even if it's allowed by zoning, even if you don't have to go through the whole variance process, uh, you're still going to need a set of plans for that, a set of architectural plans. And you may have to... Sorry, no one likes to hear this. Uh, you're going to have to install some fire safety features. If it's, I think the cutoff is three units, you have to install a sprinkler system. So I think you're good at a duplex, but 
Um, again, it's because you're changing it from uh, a type of dwelling that's, uh, what is this, R2, I think in the building code is um, a uh, one or two family dwelling. Uh, if you cross the threshold into R, sorry, R3 is one or two family dwelling, R2 is more than two families. If you cross that threshold, you need to include sprinklers, but even if you're staying within the lower classification and going from just one family to two family, you need a set of architectural plans to show that there are um, fire walls between both of the units. So sorry, sorry for the bad news, but it's more complicated than people think. Alrighty. Um, we have another question here. If you own a mixed use commercial property approved for school 15 years ago, out of use for last year, do you need to reapply for use as a school slash meeting place? Uh, can you reply in the chat? Um, is this, it's just been one year. So it was used as a school and just only in the last year it was out of use. Is that correct? Um, they asked the question anonymously. So that is uh, correct. They just- Okay, okay. Um, then yeah, that's, that's, you're in luck. Um, the zoning has to lapse for, the use has to lapse for three years before it, you lose it entirely. So yeah, you're good to keep using it as a school. Perfect. And Landon wants to know if you can tell us more about the value you provide as an expediter for a single project slash small developer. Well, to be perfectly honest, sometimes you don't. Uh, need us. If you're, if you're already logged into the system, you have your contractor's license um, and you're just getting easy permits and you have an engineer buddy that will uh, go to the place, review the project, make sure there's nothing structural and stamp it, then you don't need permit filling. Uh, we know all about the permit rules and how to plan out longer developments. If it's really that simple, you don't need us. If it's your first time, we can be useful because we can help you avoid some of these pitfalls. Um, and if it's a project of any kind of complexity, then we can be useful. So the thing we just talked about, we've talked about um, easy permits so far, maybe you don't need us. Um, but we also talked about one family to two family. That's not a very complicated uh, process for the rehabber or the developer, but that's a very complicated zoning process. Um, you have to you have to change the zoning. You also have to get a new certificate of occupancy and the new certificate of occupancy might require you to change up some of the building components. So even something as simple as that, we could be really useful. Um, we know architects around the city that we can recommend. Uh, if you have your own, we're happy to work with them. We'll give the plans a once over. We're not architects, so we're not going to tell you that, hey, they designed that wrong. Um, but we can tell you this is confusing. The examiner won't like it or they didn't put the code in here. It should say the code from 2018 instead of the code from 2015. Little things like that that can help save you time uh, and money down the line. Perfect. William would like to know what are the requirements for a contractor to pull an estimate permit? I don't know what you mean by an estimate permit. Uh, William, if you would like to um give us some more information. We'll move on to the next question, then we'll come back to you. Um, Marlon wants to know, is there a separate charge for the submission on, a, on Eclipse for new construction zoning and building permits? Uh, yes, you can. I think they're letting you combine them under one application fee if you have the plans ready at the same time. I haven't actually tried that because most 
developers have the zoning permits ready, zoning plans ready a little before the building plans. Um, but uh, if you do it that way, if you do, uh, even if it's for the same address, if you do a zoning application then a building permit application, and it's say single family, then it would be $25 for the one, $25 for the other. Uh, so William got back to us. Okay. Um, he clarified easy permits for a contractor. Um, so what are the requirements for a contractor to pull an easy permit? Easy permit. Okay, not an estimate permit. Okay, I wasn't trying. <laughs> Man, he learns something every day. Um, for an easy permit, you just have to have a Philadelphia contractor's license. Uh, now, if you don't know the requirements for those, um, they do have them posted online. Uh, it's, let me see if I can do this from memory. Uh, you need to have an OSHA 30 card. Um, you need to have a business license with the city, which is two components. You gotta have an ID number from the Department of Revenue and an ID number from the uh, licensing department from LNI. Uh, so those two license numbers, the OSHA 30, and then you need your insurances. Um, Certificate of General Liability Insurance, auto insurance and workman's comp. If you don't have any employees, you don't need workman's comp insurance, but you do need to get a letter that says, um, this is my contractor's license, this is my company, uh, I don't have any employees and you need to get it notarized. Uh, you get all these things, um, you feed it into Eclipse and then in about three business days, they come back with a uh, license. Um, also, if you're really pressed for time, uh, you can schedule an appointment uh, down at LNI and go in person if you want to do it in hard copy. Uh, we don't usually do that because we're usually just uh, trying to roll through as many permits as we can during the day. But if you want a, a contractor's license that day and you have the time, uh, you can schedule it usually about two, three, two, three business days in advance. Go down uh, and, and uh, get the permit right then. Ends up being about the same time as Eclipse because Eclipse, you can put it in faster, but you have to wait for them to process it. Um, in person, you can get it immediately, but you have to wait two or three days to actually have the meeting, so. Uh, Mark would like to know, do you need a sprinkler system for mixed use property, commercial on the first floor and residential on the second floor? Yeah, it depends on what you're doing. If you're, chain, if you're building a new one, then yes, definitely. Um, if you're changing the occupancy, yes. So if you're adding units, uh, if you're only doing limited alterations, uh, and this is where it gets tricky and you need a, should probably consult an architect. Um, it depends on the level of alteration. So something where you're doing like just redoing the whole floor plan and you're taking out the roof in one area and, and, and putting like a spiral staircase up to a new roof deck. Uh, yeah, you're going to need sprinklers because it's the type of alteration is um, big enough that they consider it almost like a new construction for code purposes. If you're just painting new cabinets, new flooring, that sort of thing, um, and you're not changing the number of units at all, then you're fine. You can just go ahead and do that, uh, either without a permit, if it's truly just painting and new flooring, or with um, a permit just for uh, limited alterations, uh, level one alterations is what they call them. So basically it depends on how much work you're gonna do. Um, before we move on, I just wanna be clear, if, if you have uh, a place that um, say it's mixed use, um, say it's four units legally, but it's been used for 20 years as five units and you wanna legalize the fifth unit. At least in that fifth unit, you're gonna need sprinklers because you're changing the occupancy in that unit and the change in occupancy 
is counted as a higher level of alterations than uh, just the pain uh, is, even though it might not require any construction work. We have a question here that's asking um, if you have any intel on the 2021 permits fees um, going up based on construction costs. Uh, no, right now though, I will say they don't uh, charge you based on construction costs for most permits. Um, for electrical, for electrical permits, it is based on the contract that you have uh, with the, the GC or the owner, whoever it is. So uh, the value of the contract, usually they just take the estimate. So you can say what you estimate it to be. If your estimate is um, really far off, then they'll ask you to provide proof of the contract. Uh, so yes, don't give a suspicious estimate, <laughs> be, be reasonable. Um, for building permits though, it's based on the square footage, not based on the, uh, on the contract. Um, it's in a lot of other areas around Philly. So if you do work inside and outside of Philly, uh, it's based on the estimated cost uh, for general construction work. Not so in Philly, based on the square footage. Um, they did raise them recently, I think in July, but just by a little bit. So it was, uh, for instance, if something was 200, um, I think it was 3.5% because if something was $200, it's now $207. Sean wants to know, can developers with a contractor's license pull permits and have subcontractors do the work? Uh, two answers. Um, one, I guess there's two questions implicit in that, right? Uh, is that legal? And can you do it? Um, you can definitely do it. People do it all the time. Uh, it's really, really common. It is not legal according to Philadelphia law. So very difficult to enforce. They don't really seem to be making it a priority to enforce it yet. Although there are rumblings that they're gonna start enforcing it next year. We'll see. I think that's probably being kicked back until 2022 until things get a little more back to normal, um, hopefully in the summer and fall. Uh, so yeah, you, you can do that. Um, uh, if you're working with us, don't tell us you're going to do that, but yeah, it's, it's possible. Um, as a contractor, do you need a sealed letter from an engineer for an easy permit for alterations? Uh, if it's single family, yes, but you don't need it if you're doing easy alterations to a commercial space. Um, I know this seems weird, but uh, you're allowed to do quite a bit of work under the single family easy alterations permit. Uh, you can really renovate an entire house that way, uh, as long as you don't mess with anything structural. Uh, so because of that, they really, and, and, and people abuse that too in the past, right? The going uh, and making your neighbor's house fall down kind of thing. Um, so it's actually easier to get an easy permit for a commercial space than it is for a single family. So commercial space, no, single family, yes. This one's more of a scenario-based question. So I'm looking to buy a large Germantown single house in an unfinished state, gutted and partially renovated. Walking through, my contractor found many structural and mechanical repairs done without proper permits and no final inspections. What risks are headed, are headed if I try to clean up the permit situation and uh, complete and redo this job? Uh, so I think you're fine as long as you start with L&I up front. Like if you keep doing work, 
Um, and Ellen and I can't distinguish between the work that was done and the work that you started doing. Um, you could find yourself in some trouble. The job's going to be hard to get off the ground. They, they will hassle you. Uh, so the way to do it is to um, draw up the plans, apply, don't touch anything. And then as soon as the permit's approved, schedule an inspection, um, make it clear in the plans that you submit uh, what was done before you got there and what you're going to do uh, now um, and explain all that in person. And once they know that, you can legalize what appears to have been the existing work um, and go forward. You're, you're probably going to need special inspections for that, though. Uh, which is something that comes up a lot in Philly construction. Um, it's, it's a program within the building code where you have to hire an outside engineering firm to perform inspections on top of, at your own expense, on top of the inspections that the city of Philadelphia provides. Uh, this is for more technical types of construction, so concrete pouring, um, Whenever you are working with steel, steel supports, uh, high strength bolting, anything like that, um, you have to get these special inspectors out there. In Philly, they've expanded it uh, because again, we're in packed row homes and we've had a lot of problems in the last few years with contractors just going kind of wild. Uh, you have to get special inspections even to do uh, a new construction of a single family home. Um, they've really expanded that program. Uh, most likely for what you're describing, they require special inspections. Uh, Landon would like to know what's involved in subdividing a large lot, but keeping the same use as RSA2. Uh, so, uh, Landon, can you type back quickly? What, um, when you say keeping the same use, you mean just keeping RSA2 uses? Yes, currently twins. Okay, okay, so it's RSA2 and then it's, um, all right. Uh, you, you just go through the regular subdivision process. The use would stay the same. If it's, if it's a big RSA2 lot, then when you split it up, the uses remain because that entire area is zoned. Again, it's not, it's not the individual house or building. It's the parcel itself. So you're taking an RSA2 parcel and splitting up into two RSA2 parcels. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, although probably most of you do, RSA2 means residential single family attached. Uh, section two. Uh, it's one of five categories for single family homes that Philly has. They just, they have rules about which can and can't do per parcel. Um, and then they uh, give that code to certain parcels in the city. Um, Follow-up question to that. Is an expediter helpful in the subdivision process? Yeah, especially if you've never done it before. Uh, so, it's, we can tell you exactly what you're looking for, um, what might uh, slow you down. And if, if things do get slow, we know who to talk to. Um, if you want to try and do it yourself, you need to get a survey. Uh, and this is the tricky part that's really slowing a lot of people down right now. It has to be approved by the city's uh, board of surveyors. So there are districts in the city um, and they're each assigned surveyors. And when you say, hey, we want to subdivide this, you can ask them to do it. You can ask the, the district itself to draw up a survey plan for you, or you can have your own private company um, draw up the plan. Either way, it costs money. The board of surveyors is slower, but cheaper. If it's a small project, I would recommend going with them though, because it takes them a long time to review the professional plans. So your surveyor might have 
the plan drawn up really quickly, but then it will wait for weeks with the board of surveyors anyway, because they've got, you know, giant stacks of hard copy plans that they have to sort through before finally approving them. So those are the two ways to start. Um, once that's done, you use that plan to apply for a zoning permit at LNI. Uh, zoning, remember, is when you're changing the shape of, it can be either the parcel itself or the building. So it's all about sizes and, and lots. Um, and then they will uh, issue you a zoning permit just to allow the consolidation. If you also want new construction, you then have to take that, um, well, even if you don't, you have to take that uh, new zoning permit allowing the uh, allowing you to split up the lots to the Office of Property Assessment, which will give each lot a new code. And then you take that back to uh, LNI and say, we've done it, we got, we got the codes. And then you can start on your new construction. You also have to record a deed in there. So yeah, we can definitely help. It's, it's a complicated process. Great. Um, our next question here is what type of permits are needed for a single family row that sustained fire damage to the inside structure only? Um, and they would also like to know what kind of costs come with these permits. So I can't tell you the entire cost because it depends obviously on construction costs, but just on the uh, Philadelphia side, um, it, okay, so that one depends. It depends on whether or not the, the there's so much damage that the building might collapse. If that's the case, then you need a make safe permit. Um, and man, I forget the pricing for those off the top of my head. Um, for a single family, the short story is it's going to cost you uh, several hundred, but probably less than a thousand in permit fees. Uh, so these are based on the square footage, the area of work. Um, times a certain number. I think it is, I wanna say it is 62 for the first 500 square feet and then $48 for every 100 square feet after that. I think that's right. So a 1500 square foot area of work is, um, oh no, why am I doing this live? Uh, roughly uh, 480 plus 64, so a little over 500 um, for that permit. Uh, and it's going to be that way, whether or not you have to do the make safe or not. Um, it's just a slightly different permit process, uh, permit application process. Uh, so yeah, I'd say you're probably, you're probably looking at the hundreds, not the thousands for that one from, from the city. It of course depends on, uh, how much it actually, uh, costs. Um, if it's not structural at all, you can, and it's not imminently dangerous, because it's not structural, you can probably get a, uh, an easy permit for that as well, just to repair the damage. Um, William would like to know, how would they go about finding uh, an approved engineer to seal and submit a letter for easy permit for alterations? And if you have any recommendations. Yeah, so the architects that we use the most are this small shop in Mania called Level 9 Architecture. Um, there was one guy when I started working with them, and now it's, I think, I think three architects in there. Um, so they're great. Uh, really turn around uh, plans quickly. Um, the word level, L-E-V-E-L, -E -E the number nine. Um, and if you tell them that we sent you um, and you want to have us process the permits for you, they 
that we work together constantly. So it's a very easy process. They'll just come back to us and say, hey, we have a new project for you. Um, or vice versa, you can come to us and we'll recommend you to them. Um, if you really want to turn around things fast, there are a few people in the city uh, who will just do the engineer's letter. Like if you just need the letter and nothing else. Um, Miguel Moda uh, might be able to help you. Um, goes by Mike, Mike Moda, M-O-T-A. Um, he's someone to look up. I think I have his contact number buried somewhere, but I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, I think he'd be my, he'd probably be my first call if I just need the letter and nothing else. Great. Um, is there a streamlined building process, building permit process for module construction, i.e. building off site to lifted by crane onto prepared site foundation? Yeah, um, unfortunately, no. Uh, the actual building structure, the, the, the module part, they are more relaxed about that because they will trust um, uh, th those builders are licensed with the state and those plans come with a stamp from the state and uh, Philly will just accept that. But they want a lot of details about your foundation and about your attachment, right? They wanna make sure that you're actually going to attach the module safely. So uh, I think it's worth doing. Um, I, I've always thought that kind of construction was uh, uh, interesting. Uh, and increasingly there are like some cool architectural designs with it too. It's not just uh, like a, a regular looking home there. Are, anyway. Um, but it is, it can be actually a bit of a pain with permitting. Um, they really, really are picky with the things they can control because they know there's a lot that they can't control. Uh, and I don't know why that, that, that spooks them a little. So I'm sorry. It's not very streamlined. Stefan would like to know if they can put up lights without a permit and a ceiling fan just like interior lights like mm -hmm. um oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah no, no. And, and every now and again something that like maybe technically requires a permit um will come up and they and people at the permit office will tell me don't get a permit for that um they can't say it on the record but i, I remember distinctly uh somebody cracked a piece of sidewalk so streets owns that you need to get a permit from uh the streets department and maybe from lni to repair that um and uh, the guy, I, I don't want to get his name, but the guy at the streets counter said one square, just one square. I was like, yeah, he goes one. And he like called the entire office and was like, one, just for one. He's like, get out of here, just go, just go, just do it, fix it. You were never here. So yeah, for, for lights in your own home and a ceiling fan, you're fine. Um, and another review question here, what permits do you need to finish a basement? I think we... Uh, finish, when you say finished, you mean like, um, well, several different things here. Is it going to be a bedroom? Cause that requires a tighter review. Um, and when you, are you just going to put in like flooring and walls or is it going to be a living unit? Those are really the main things. Um, John, adding a bathroom, flooring and walls. Just bathroom, flooring and walls. Uh, just a building permit in that case. Um, I don't think they'll require, if the walls aren't low bearing, I don't think they'll require special inspections or, yeah, yeah, they won't require special inspections or um, an engineer. You just have to draw up floor plans. You can't do an easy permit uh, for that. So 
have to draw floor plans showing exactly what you're planning to do, the surfaces that you're planning to work on, um, submit that. It's If you don't get it accelerated and it's a single family, then it's gonna be three weeks. Um, if you do get it accelerated, it's one week. We have a question here that wants to know, do they need to, uh, to send in plans for an easy permit? No load bearing walls. We are gutting and putting up a new non-load bearing wall. Yeah, easy permits never require plans. Um, it's confusing because they briefly would let you submit plans or an engineer's letter for single family alterations only. Now, as of last week, because I tried with plans and they kicked me back, uh, they have just started only letting you do an engineer's letter. Um, so that's the whole point of the easy permit program is it doesn't require a plan review. It's just uh, you, you give them, um, it used to be a single piece of paper. Uh, now it's just a single application online with all your information. And if it satisfies them, then they process it within two to three business days. That concludes our pre-recorded Q&A session with Brett Madsen, the founder of Permit Philly, about what to do when you find yourself needing a permit for construction. Next week, we'll be speaking with Dan Greenspun, who is the president of Penn Construction and Design, about the construction timeline and how budgeting and other important elements are factored into the process. The interviews on this program are recorded during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series, which takes place via Zoom webinar every Monday night at 7 p.m. If you'd like to participate in the live Q&A with our guest, be sure to head to jumpstartgermantown.com events and register for next week's Jumpinar. And if you're interested in starting a Jumpstart program in your own community, you can visit gojumpstart.org to see our how-to guide and open source training workbook. Thanks so much for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. And be sure to tune in next week.